Welcome to the mikvah.org podcast. The mikvah organization has been dedicated to the education and resources for Jewish family life since 1975-5735. You can support our vital work at mikvah.org forward slash donate. Thank you for your support and enjoy today's recording. Thank you for being a part of the Mikvah.org community, bringing our podcast into the top 1% of globally shared podcasts this year. What a tremendous achievement. In order to keep growing, we really do need your support and partnership. We are actively seeking sponsors for the upcoming podcast episode planned for the rest of this year. Please reach out to podcast at mikvah.org for sponsorship and dedication opportunities. Think birthday, celebration, yard site, loved one, loved one's merit, or Rafua Shalema. There are so many reasons why dedicating a podcast on mikvah.org will be a tremendous merit for your loved one. We thank you in advance for your consideration and support. Okay, hello everybody, and welcome to our Teves episode of Meet Our Kala Teachers in the spirit of Hakel. We get together once a month in honor of Rish Chedesh with um, some of our Kala teachers that we will interview that tell us a little bit about themselves and everybody can um, see what style they are, get to know them a little. And um, it's been really nice and people are really enjoying them. So we're going to jump right in. And um, I want to introduce to you today to Mushka Telashev, Mrs. Mushka Telashevsky. Mrs. Simi Mishalavin and Mrs. Pindy Greisman. So we're going to jump right into the interview here. And um, if you can please tell us a little bit about yourself. Why don't you go ahead first, Mushka? Okay. So my name is Mushka Talashevsky, and I was born and raised in California on Shlichus in Brentwood. And um, I feel like one of the incredible gifts of growing up on Shlichus is like, I was thrown straight into the role of being a teacher from probably before I could remember. So teaching has always been something really incredibly fulfilling for me. Um, I started off, you know, being the Shabbos program, you know, director, and then the preschool counselor. And then when I finished seminary preschool teacher, I continued doing that for a while until my schedule kind of shifted. I started working in the Chabad Girls School here. Um, teaching Navi for a few years. And then now I primarily do women's classes where we live on Shlachas in Playa del Rey in California. It's a small little community um, near the airport. And it's just, it's a gift. I feel like it's a blessing to be able to be born into that kind of system because it's just, it's a gift that kind of just comes into your being and experience before you have a chance to actually realize what's going on. And I'm very fortunate and grateful to have that opportunity and just to see, I guess, the light of terror really is what to me is that guiding force and being able to teach it is one of the most incredible ways of integrating terror's messages. So that's a little bit about myself and my family and where we are today. Okay. Um, why don't you go ahead, Hindi? Hey, hi. Um, I'm Hindi Reisman, born and bred in Crown Heights. Um, our house was always open to guests and shluchim. It was like, you know, one of the hubs in Crown Heights growing up like that, Baruch Hashem. And today that's where our house is as well. So Baruch Hashem, wife, mother of seven beautiful children. Um, 
I was a preschool teacher for about 10 years before I had my kids. And then I decided that there's a lot of great mowers out there, but there's only one amazing mommy that could be home for them, Baruch Hashem. So we decided to stay home. And I'm grateful for my upbringing, which brought me, I guess, part of where we are today. We all have a journey and this is where we are now. Very nice. Okay, Simi, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Simi Michelevin from Portland, Oregon. I was born in Melbourne, Australia, and my family was sent on Shluchus to Portland when I was a young baby. And I uh, grew up here on Shluchus <coughs> and uh, went to school in Los Angeles, California, and in Eretz Yisrael. And um, after I got married, we moved on Shluchus to Portland and uh, Baruch Hashem, uh, able to be uh, all, all the roles of a shlucha, mother, wife, uh, hopefully lighting up the world. Very nice. Okay, great to get to know you a little bit, all of you. Okay, so what motivated you to become a Barasa teacher? I know some of you have touched upon that, but if you want to elaborate, um, okay, we'll do Mushka, start with Mushka again. Okay, okay, so um, first of all, like I said before, I'm always just intrigued, and I think knowledge is really power. And so I've always like, you know, as soon as I was introduced to Mikva, I was just intrigued by like all the nuances and the power, you know, you hear it's the holiest experience in your whole life, but like, how do you actually manifest that and implement these messages? And then I was very, like I said, very blessed that I grew up on Shlachas. And when we got married, we also, we lived in Australia for a year. And then yeah. we moved back to LA. And when we, we got back here, my parents had just built the first like boutique type of mikvah in the LA area in Brentwood. So it's like a suburb of, of LA, but there's a regular mikvah that's very busy. But here it was like a small, about 14 years ago now, maybe. I mean, I think about 14 years ago when it was finished, like really beautiful type of mikvah. So what ended up happening was lots of brides that wanted to go to the mikvah before their wedding, you know, one or two wedding planners got, you know, the news of this mikvah and they just started sending brides to come to this beautiful mikvah. And many of them were not even being married by, from rabbis. Like some of them were just having a ceremony. They wanted to attend a mikvah. They heard this is a beautiful mikvah and this is how they got connected. And Baruch Hashem, my mother, Mrs. Hannah, she's a shlacha here in Broad and she's very busy with so many projects. And so teaching each and every call that came in was not really much of an option. And so Baruch Hashem, I had that special opportunity, I guess starting like 13 years ago, teaching these callers that were coming in. I was newly married, but the callers that would come and try to give them as much as I could in that little bit of time. And so wow. every time a new like training opportunity came out to training call teachers, I'm like, I'm on it because I've been doing this, but I just want you know more insight, more tools, how to make this something. and. It's been really, really, really very special. For me, it's always like that challenge of people who are completely unaffiliated and they're really coming, they see it as like the dip before the wedding. Teach them that this is really a gift for life. So anyhow, that's pretty much how I ended up and so in the Kala teacher realm, Baruch Hashem. Wow, so it just became part of your life. Yeah, that in addition to also actually working at the mikvah. So I did both at the same time. So I was like, but not consistently. It was probably, you know, once a week. I don't currently work at the mikvah anymore because we moved a few years ago. We're not as close. But when we did live close by, I was able to 
work there as well. So it really became part of a big part of my life. Okay. And Simi, what motivated you to become a Tarasa Mishwacha teacher? Uh, so when I was in a girl in sleepaway camp, we, there was like a Tivis Hashem program. And I noticed that my Hayyam Yom was being studied in the Tivis Hashem program. And uh, it made me like uh, appreciate more the power of the Hayyam Yom of my birthday, Chafal Shvat, which is that it's the duty of the uh, woman to stand in the front line, specifically in Tarasam Shvacha. So it's something that spoke to me very young, even younger than um, it was <laughs> applicable. But it was definitely something that I knew that I wanted to, like I, I already had a mission from when I was younger. Wow. And so right away um, after I got married, first of all, I, I also loved college classes, but um, after right after I got married, I wanted to get involved with Mitzatar Samishpacha and I um, got involved with the mikvah that I run here, Mikvah Shoshana in Portland, Oregon. And um, just trying to find as many women who would uh, want to learn about the mitzvah of Taras HaMeshpacha. And um, like, like Mushka said, like any resource that became available, it was like, and knowledge, it was like something that I wanted to learn about. And when the opportunity came up for KTT, which was the original opportunity before um, they made a special shluchis track, I, I read like, I just saw an opportunity for uh, so much information about mikvah and Tarasama Shvacha that would enhance, be able to enhance in a way that I, beyond what I could imagine, which is exactly what it was. And um, it was able to take Tarasama Shvacha literally to the next level. Wow. Okay. Hindi, what motivated you? So actually, it's interesting how, you know, I guess Hashem just leads you to where you need to be. For it was sure. definitely not in my radar and not on my bucket list to be a college teacher. Um, I was always into, you know, women's health and I was always uh, an avid reader um, in halacha and stuff like that. Like it just, it just interested me. Um, anyways, when we were in 12th grade, when we were doing Tay-Sachs in Beis Rifka, um, one of my good friends started hyperventilating and having anxiety attack. And I just, you know, calmly went over to her and took care of her. And Mrs. Vale, who's, you know, the veteran doula in Crown Heights, um, she looked at me, she's like, Hindi, you should really be a doula. I'm like, okay. Anyways, I actually attended a few births before I got married. And right after I got married, I took the doula training and I became a doula. Um, oh, wow. And it was interesting that I kept hearing from my clients I had a great college teacher and I loved it. Um, it was great. I didn't get married when I was 19, but it was a great experience, Baruch Hashem. I kept hearing from my clients, oh, I wish my college teacher told me that. I wish I, my college teacher told me, I wish I knew that. And it was just like, I wish there was a way that we can bridge the gap. Um, and I was always hearing it from family and friends, you know, Hindi, you should be a college teacher. I'm like, not a college teacher and not me so not my personality I'm not gonna do it it was like not that was you know I wasn't the geo president in my grade it wasn't like that you know um so anyways fast forward a few years I had a 
teenage brother who passed away when he was 19. And shortly after he passed away, this is when the training was taking place. So someone told me, why don't you, she just like, why don't you do it? I'm like, I'm really not in the headspace for this. It was like a few weeks later, the deadline to, you know, to enroll was a couple days away. She's like, just do it, just do it. I said, okay. I called up and I asked if I could have an extension for a few days, you know, to get the endorsements and paperwork together. And I decided to do it in memory of my brother who wow. never had a chance to do this in so that's where it led me and i am forever grateful for those my sisters friends family that pushed me to do it because i love it every single day and during covid actually which again things when they're just not on your you know they were looking for replacements for mikvah ladies in crown heights so i filled in a few times on the carroll street mikvah and i was like you know coming from being a doula and then college teacher and this it was just like never I imagined it but like it was incredible the whole experience of just beautiful so I'm grateful and wow. Wow. I really love it every day wow that's that's amazing okay so if you could tell us what kind of clients you service and do you have any specialty when you continue Hindi <laughs> okay um what kind of callers come to me really all different types I've had some that are fresh out of seminary that the mother called me, she goes, my daughter's really naive. Or the caller herself told me, oh my gosh, I don't know anything and I'm really naive. Or at second marriages, um, someone, you know, a woman who was married just a few years or a woman that was her second marriage and she was, wasn't married for close to, I don't know, 15 or more years. I was like, okay. Um, that was a little bit intimidating before we started because, you know, I was much younger than her. But Baruch Hashem, it went well. Um, Kalas that have had past relationships um, or the ones that walk in saying, oh, I'm not covering my hair. We don't judge by anything, obviously, by what walks through our door. But what they walk in saying off the bat is, you know, I'm not covering my hair. I'm not doing this or everything in between. And it's been it's been quite a journey. And I can definitely say that we learn so much from our students. It's just amazing when they're inspired. It just keeps inspiration for us going. Okay. Hold that thought. That's going to be the next question. <laughs> okay. Um, Simi, do you have any special specific clients that you teach or any uh, specialty that you? Uh, my specialty is to find callers who don't know about mikvah yet. And, uh, presented in a way to uh, that they feel like the mitzvah is theirs. That's my, uh, what I end up doing most of the time. Um, it was a big schuss when I first taught uh, Lubavitcher college. It was like very new to me. And and all the, even the, most of the questions for the Rabbanim were like the, so different. Um, and uh, I, it, so, I'm, I'm, I'm able to do both also over Zoom, and maybe in um, a future, I would love to do a Kala retreat, uh, learning retreat, but here in Portland. But my specialty is um, <coughs> experience at the mikvah and finding the Kalas and presenting the mitzvah. Okay, and Mushka. 
it's uh, the youth service. Yeah. So mostly the, I guess, not, servant. Not, not yet affiliated calls that come. Um, I've done a few, you know, more traditional um, and then some Lubavitch, but my specialty, I would say, is people who are unaffiliated and um, just trying to see like almost like a zip drive, you know, like get them everything and then like hope slowly but surely could start to integrate it as they move on. I always like try to stay in touch as much as possible. Um, that way, as the time the connection somewhat continues, but it's mostly the unaffiliated that I'm in touch with through the mikvah and through other shlokhim around that old connection. Okay, moving right along. Um, you have any stories to share of how your callas inspire you or just to tell us how they inspire you without a story whatever you want to share please do um okay we'll go back around to hindi um okay so you asked before about a specialty i don't i don't know if i have necessarily a specialty per se but really loving what you do and um keep learning keep growing and just to keep connecting is really what keeps us all going um, and the biggest compliment is when Akala keeps in touch with you after the wedding or they refer their sister or their friend or anything like that. But um, some inspiration. I remember there was one Kala. Um, she had previous relationships before. And after we went through the intimacy classes, she was like, oh my gosh, I never looked at it from that perspective. I feel like I've never been touched before and I can't wait to go into this again. I was like, wow. Um, or another well, call. did something, right? <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. all from Hashem. I, with each kala I dive in that it should, you know, we should, it's like a shadow that it should click. Hashem should put right, the right, right in, our, you know, in our mouth. And it's so true. Um, or when Akala says that her favorite class was the Harchakai's class, I'm like, wow. That's, you know, wow, that's good. Baruch Hashem. Um, or the, another Kala who from, you know, the beginning, you know, they say, I only want to hear the halacha, the bare minimum or whatever it is. And we really speak about, you know, this is the time that you're open and you're inspired. So we're going to go through the whole thing. And this, when you're ready to take on more, you should know that there is more to take on, not just this. Um, you know, we go through the whole thing. So there was one particular Kala that came in with that and she told me right away, you know, I'm not planning to cover my hair. I'm doing this just because I have to. My mother told me, um, you know, Shefala, if there's anything that you're going to be keeping and doing, let it just be this. So I'm really here because of that. And then when she called me a few months after the wedding, I was like, wow. And then when she called me a year and a half after the wedding, after such a challenging time that her, you know, they had over COVID and hospital and this and that. And she was calling me for um, guidance and a question and she needed a rose number on the spot. I was floored and I'm like, again, this is where the inspiration comes from. You never know who's coming through your door. Never judge by what you look like, by a person looks, what they look like, sorry. Um, and it's just amazing how it keeps, it keeps going. So it's, it's really, empowering to um to see the inspiration one to the other i know we always hear this stanza this phrase of so this is something that my mother always says and i tell it to my colleagues and i say this in, you're not going to find it in the book but is in plural and beta is in singular 
because it takes a group of profound and you know smart women to build up one home. We always heard in English, it takes a village, but really when we're there to uplift each other and support each other, this is what we're doing. We're building up the Kedusha of Am Yisrael and it's just beautiful. Wow, that is, thank you. Mushka, any calls inspire you? Any well, stories? Speaking of what you said, that was so beautiful. I love that way. I, I strongly believe the idea of like the community, how powerful that is. And like how you said that, that I love how you, that twist on those words, stuff that's really special. Yeah, um, I've never heard and that. And you said before also, how like you learn most from your students. And I think that's one of the incredible, incredible gifts of teaching is that you keep speaking the truth. And when you do that, you're like ingraining them in yourself. I'm reminding myself of these things that are so true. But I, you know, don't always think about them consciously. But here I'm like not only consciously thinking about it, I'm actually verbally expressing it and like giving it over. So it's by nature just becoming something that I could bring my awareness to as well. The calls are all just incredible. Like I just had so many incredible experiences with so many people. I have one call. I remember she came again, very unaffiliated. We were talking about the beauty of it. And also how the Rebbe talks about, I mean, obviously it's part of terror, but the Rebbe very strongly encouraged having women who are, let's say, even post-monopolal go into the mikvah, and that retroactively brings a bracha to their children. And on her mikvah day, her and her mother went, to, like, at the same time, obviously, at one after another, to the mikvah. Oh, how special. And they both came dressed in white, and it was like, and in the, we have a lot of sfart in, in the community that, I, that <laughs> we um, service. So it's really special because they come to the mikvah with like a whole entourage and music and treats and everybody sings and dances. Wow, that's so, so interesting. Came, and these two women came out together and they literally were glowing. It was like, it was just really so, so, so special. So each of these times, like, you know, you think it's literally a whole world that's being touched by this. And I don't know the far reaching effects I've had. Like one time my uncle said, can you reach out to this woman? I She was in school with me. I Like he knew her from college campus. So I reached out to her. She said, how did you know to call me today? She had just had a miscarriage and she wants to do this mitzvah again. And she was so touched by the fact that like I had reached out to her on that day, but I just, he asked me to, he didn't know. He just had given me her number. He said, I haven't been in touch with her in many years. Why don't you see if she'd be interested in going wow, to the next? There was one caller who was like completely unaffiliated and she was kind of coming because the traditional rabbi that was going to be officiating their wedding, but she didn't really want to officiate their wedding. And it was like, you know, those people who have in a way preconceived notions about religious Jews and feminism and how we're treated and so it was a lot of unpacking of old goods but by the time we finished she said I'm just gonna want you to know if it was up to me I'd keep this but my husband I don't think he's gonna go for it but to me what was so powerful was he was officially the more traditional one and and so just to see that she was able to like accept a mitzvah as something which it is it's really a gift it's I I always Say, say this to my calls, and I truly believe it. I think it's the greatest gift to Jewish feminism is the mitzvah of mikvah. And it's the greatest protection and it's the greatest like energy to allow us to really become who we can be. And mikvah is that beautiful gift that has to just be unpacked. So when calls are able to unpack it and see it for what it is, and like Hindi said, stay connected. And, you know, I, one of my cousins is a shlacha. She introduced me to this great app called Reach and it sends out text messages to many contacts at the same time. And it's a special way of just staying connected with different messages. And when the time comes, they might reach out again about a little shyla. And like you said, you're surprised. Oh, she had a question. That means that with Hashem self, she's actually going. She's, it's just keeping it in the awareness that there's this incredible gift. And when I'm able to, I can reach out again. And as Hashem partake in, it's, it's wealth. 
Well, okay, Simi, take it away. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, every experience is so incredible. And to understand the or see the connection between the woman um, and the mitzvah and what women are able to do or able to overcome in order to keep the mitzvah is like so, so inspiring. And like in every way, um, one, a few th thoughts come to mind, but one is this uh, Kala who came before to the uh, mikvah before her wedding. And at that time she was doing it because the rabbi she wanted to marry uh, her needed to her to go uh, learn about Tara Samashbach and go to the mikvah. And at that point, you know, I daven to Hashem, all of this is about just being a Kaylee for whoever you're speaking to or whatever is going on. And I, I, I actually wasn't a hundred percent certain that she had like the mitzvah was something that she was feeling for herself. And a few, uh, a little while later, uh, she called me and she said, Simi, um, I got a positive pregnancy test and I didn't go to the mikvah before, but would it be okay if before I tell anyone, I come to the mikvah? And that like touched my neshama so deeply because I thought to myself, if a, a woman understands what that means and asks that question, it like just really touched every chord. And it was like so incredible, just the intuition that Hashem gives women. And this one other woman, uh, maybe a young, you could consider her a young girl, she convinced her mother to use the mikvah and she actually, uh, she keeps our Samashvach and she was able to be the mikvah attendant for her mother. And that was like a very, very special intergenerational kind of experience. Wow, wow, that is special. And the woman who travel from in middle of the night and get stuck on planes that don't land where they're supposed to go back, just like every woman that comes is it's an inspiration to just see how women show up in their best, very best. It's very, very, very inspiring. The little things, uh, it's the little moments and it's the big moments and and um, we could appreciate it. And hopefully the Eibishter, because in this mitzvah, there are so many, points of connection that's just between the woman and Hashem. And hopefully I know that the Avishter looks down and sees the what his women are able to accomplish. And uh, it's, it's really, really inspirational and incredible. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think if anyone has any closing remarks um, for the vision for the future of Tara Samashbacha or anything, um, you want to add, please go ahead before we um, conclude. I guess I'll jump in. Um, sure. I'm actually excited about that the men also started a program like this. Amazing, it's, isn't yes, it? Long, long overdue, long needed. This way it also helps Chas and Kala and couples to be on the same page, you know, 
women by nature are inspired and the Kala is the one that's building her home and all that. So when, you know, it's kind of like a little bit of a package deal, but remembering that Taras Mishpacha can get heard. It's not about convenience. It's not about, you know, all our life where women are not responsible for this mitzvah is all about the time and it's you know there's times that it's hard for sure inconvenient yes and all that sometimes women go to the mikvah and they come out it's not their spot all they're coming out is that they're wet and that's their whole feeling towards it so really my hope and dream is that the brachas that come along with it and all the positive things that come along with it, it should be so obvious in our life. We should be able to feel it all the time and every woman should be able to love this mitzvah and do it with ease and it should be something that we're always, you know, looking forward to in the sense of the incredible schus that it is. Um, and we should be able to see those brachas revealed. Amen. 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 Anyone else want to end off? Have any ending? I have uh, two thoughts to Hindi's point. Hindi, that was so beautiful and so amen. And um, the Shekhinah really does generate from the bedroom and goes out to the world. And we need as much strong love everything to be very strong uh in that sense to generate the love out to the entire world and i think um we're not meant to do this alone and uh it's so important and we have such a beautiful ability to know the support that we should have in place that i wish for everybody and um you know, us, the idea of having a mashpia is a gift to be able to f- f- have a mashpia and and also to have a family rav, which could be hard to find, and also mashpia could be hard to find. But having these things in place and having a proper support system in place is crucial to the to being able to do it in a way that is. Uh, to its best and and their gifts and uh, yes and special shout out to all the incredible rabbanim with their siyata deshmaya that help have helped women go to the mikvah in under all circumstances and um and we we need each person to really really be at their best whatever it's going to take and i think that I'm amazed at mikvah.org's vision for what Taras HaMashpacha teachers should look like. And the, hopefully the Kala teachers can be a part of the support system as well. Uh, and and there are a, a list of all the referrals and all the references that a, a woman should need. So uh, nobody should feel like they're doing this alone. They should ha- Each woman should have this support that they need in place to be able to do this mitzvah. Besimcha over to Levav in in their best way, and uh, that's what we're here for. And yeah, I mean, just want to jump on what you were saying before about Mashpia. 
we heard about it in school from when we we're little kids, but <laughs> it, it then, so to speak, our life is easier. I think, I mean, I, I can't know what the Rebbe meant, but then it's, it, it's, at the point that we are in our life now, when we're not in school, we don't have, you know, our, our schedule doesn't allow necessarily to run to every share that we want to and all that. I think this is the time in our life that the Rebbe was talking about that it's so important to have that mashpia, to keep on growing, to keep on uh, learning. So all those things that we were, you know, as sponges as we were kids and we heard it then, but now how it's so important. And you're right, mikvah.org where they've been when we first started that first training and what they've done in the past couple of years is amazing. And under all of us, you know, Chazak, and it should continue onward with a lot of, it's incredible and they should just continue. Sorry, Mushka, go on. No, I, 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 so, I so appreciate both of your comments. I think that it is so true. First of all, there has been such incredible resources and so many of the people, I think as somebody was saying, we really have to harness in that strength. Like sometimes when I, when I speak, I think of it as like atomic energy. Like you got to put it and use it where it's useful. So it's not distorted and corrupted. And we have that power. And um, like Hindu was saying before about the idea of community, the Rebbe spoke about like, and I really believe that there's something about the synergy between us all. Like when we're all able to show up with for another, whether it's for my sister, my aunt, my cousin, or the woman in my community, or an old classmate, whoever it is, but by us showing up with our feminine energy, we kind of are able to create something so powerful. That energy that actually brought the gula. Like, you know, it says, I was for the, um, when it was the Kenos weekend, I spent Shabbos with some of my family, like us and our kids, you know? And when we finished, I was thinking like the idea of these like tambourines that the woman made. I doubt they each made it in their own house. They did it together and they practiced dancing with it For together sure. and they all believed together. So there's something about our united front that is so, so, so powerful. And one of my highlights of the course was the people that I got connected with. Like there's Mrs. Sarah Duba from England. She's such an inspiration to me. And I've been able to ask her for insight and for guidance. And just the way she sees Tara Samashbacha gave me so much guidance. So to me, that's again, this, like each of us showing up, not taking for granted anybody's power. Even if I think I have a very minimal amount of Tara Samashbacha knowledge. Well, what you know is enough to go and reach out to somebody else or to support somebody else who's saying, I'm having a hard time. You know, whatever, in whatever way we can by showing up for each other, I think we're creating that united front to really be the ones that will be able to welcome in the Gulat Mikas Mashem and right away. Amen, amen. I want to thank everyone on behalf of mikvah.org for taking time out of your busy schedules to get together and inspire other women. So um, thank you again and um, have a great day. You too. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's recording. Please take a moment to leave a rating or a review to help others find the podcast. We welcome you to support our vital work at mikvah.org forward slash donate. For feedback, please email podcast at mikvah.org. Have a wonderful day.